Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Luana's Urban Voices. And apologies for being so sporadic in my podcast, but I did get a new job and it's super exciting, but it's also keeping me very, very busy. But I will do better, I promise. Um, Today I wanted to address the Kentucky incident. I know it's been a couple of weeks since the UK incident happened. And in case you're not familiar, there was a black student in the common area being verbally, physically, and racially um, assaulted by this white girl who was very, very obviously drunk. The white girl called her several racial names, proceeded to physically attack her, and um, it just kept coming with the verbal assault. Now, the black girl did not fight back. And there's several reasons why she did not. I mean, I think I looked at it. Why didn't the black girl fight back? It's what I wanted to know. Did she fight? Did she not fight back because she was scared of the white girl? Did she not fight back because she knew that if she did, a sober black girl fighting a drunk white girl would look bad for her? Or did she not fight back because no matter what the situation was, had she fought back, she would have been accused of being the aggressor. She would have been accused of being the instigator, no matter what the video showed, because she fought back and nine times out of 10, she probably would have beat the brakes off of the white girl. There are times where white people do fight back and they fight good, but there's a lot of times where they say what they can or say what they want to say because they know that they will not be held accountable like a black person would be. And me speaking from experience of being a black woman that has been verbally assaulted by white people, it's hard because you don't want to come across as the angry black woman. When we defend ourselves, we are the angry black woman. We are the aggressor. We are the savages. We are every derogatory name you can think of. When a white person is the aggressor, it has nothing to do with them being the angry white woman or being a savage, or being the aggressor. It has everything to do with their privilege of being able to say and do what they want. They've been able to say and do what they want for decades. And at the University of Kentucky, they did condone this behavior. Most of the black students had not experienced that type of atmosphere at the University of Kentucky. So they felt very um, strongly for this young lady who did have to experience it. And the thing is, no matter what we do, no matter what we say, white colonizers are always going to come in and make it about themselves and accuse everyone else around them of being beneath them. For whatever reason, white people have this complex that they are the superior race no matter what. That 
they are better than everybody else, no matter what. And their whole job is to control, is to be in charge, is to make sure people realize we are the best and everybody else falls below us. When we get into any arena competing with them, we always stand out. Whether it be sports, whether it be school, whether it be anything, minorities stand out. And that's where the issue becomes with white people. They do not like the fact that we can be the best at every sport we attempt and or every academic challenge we take, every physical aspect of the world, minorities can be better than them. And in order for them to stay in their lane of this superior attitude, they're they constantly put us down and they constantly instigate fights because they know that at the end of the day, when it comes down to a black person and a white person having a confrontation, the police officer is always going to confront the black person first. doesn't matter if the white person started it. They're always going to attack and hold down the black person because they feel like the black person is the one, um, ahead or going to be, um, they feel like the black person is going to be, have the advantage in the fight. Yes. Most of the time we do. Not always. There are times why people have beat us up, you know, in a fair fight, but there, for the most part, if it's a fight like this, we would probably win. This black girl in a matter of seconds had the restraint not to kick that white girl's ass so that she didn't suffer any consequences to the white girl's actions. And I hope you caught what I just said. In a matter of seconds, this black girl had to make a decision that her actions would not, that her actions would not further caused the situation to explode. This black girl in a matter of seconds had to hold back her anger, her hurt, her frustration and not beat that girl's ass because she knew that the consequences of the white girl's actions would be her burden to bear. That young lady Deserves so many kudos for the ability to hold back her, to hold back and restrain herself instead of whooping that girl's ass. Because that girl's ass deserved to be beat. After the video leaked, her lawyers and her family got on, got a public relations person and they went straight into doing damage control for their daughter um saying what a good person she is how she has a good heart how she volunteers this that and the third but not addressing the fact that when you are drunk the truth of the situation comes out in you when you are drunk 
you normally tell the truth. You normally express what you're feeling. But when you're sober, you control those inner thoughts and you speak the way you're supposed to speak. You speak what's expected of you. But when you are drunk, you let your guard down and you just say whatever's on your mind. And that's the problem with people who drink too much. They don't have a filter. This black girl gave a very powerful speech after the incident. And if you have not heard it, you need to go and listen to the University of Kentucky um, racial event and um, listen to this young lady's speech. Because when I tell you, when I tell you it was a great speech, it was a great speech. It's just that I feel for her in that moment because even when I was younger, and you got to think about how long have we been conditioned as a race to bow down to white people? You don't, you know, you don't retaliate against their actions. You don't start a fight with them. You don't say anything negative to them. You don't. We just have been taught and suppressed our whole lives that this is what we have to do to live with white people. We have to succumb to their ignorance and rise above it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um at what point, now this is taught to me 30 years ago. I taught it to my children. And evidently her mother taught it to her. At what point do we have to stop bowing down to these white people's ignorance and just stand up for ourselves and fight back without the risk of retaliation without the risk of facing harsher consequences than the black than the white people will face that's the question when do we teach our kids to stand up for themselves and fight back regardless of the situation and know that our kids are going to be treated equally that is the cru the crucifix that is the burden that minorities bear, especially black minorities. We bear that burden because we know for a fact, history tells us that no matter what, white people are always gonna be right. Black people are always gonna be wrong. And when you talk about trying to change that mentality in the younger kids with critical race theory, people get mad because they're saying we want to teach white people to be ashamed of being white. No, what we want to teach them is the history of mistreating minorities. We want to teach them that they're not superior, but equal to minorities. We want to teach them that nobody has the right to feel like they're better than another race, say it out loud, physically attack another race for no reason. 
We want people to realize we should all be treated equally. And that starts with critical race theory. And that frustrates me um, because there are so many different agendas to critical race theory. We haven't taught, we are still teaching our children to bow down to white people, to show restraint when it comes to ignorant white people. Because if we don't, we're the one that faces the consequences for the ignorant white actions. This young lady at the University of Kentucky was smart enough to know that she could not retaliate because her consequences would have been harsher than the white instigator's consequences. How crazy is that? That in a split second, she was able to make a very informed, restrained, um, she was able to make a decision and take on that type of abuse because she knew in the back of her mind that had she retaliated, she would have been the one held in contempt. She would have been the one held with consequences. She would have been seen as the angry black woman. So instead, she restrained her emotions. She restrained her anger. She restrained her frustrations and put it in a speech, a very eloquent, powerful speech in order not to face repercussions of the white girl's actions against her. Kudos to this young lady because as you get older, you get more and more frustrated and you realize I'm not going to allow them to continue to mistreat me. I am not going to allow them to continue to upset me. And if I have to face harsher consequences, I'm willing to do that to let them know, stop it. White people need to stop it. And I'm not saying it's all white people because there is plenty of white people that are amazing and that are great and that know that we're all equal and they, um, they treat us just like family. There's a lot of white people that are like that a lot. So that's not my, um, my, I'm not trying to say all white people are horrible, but. When you run into one, just like they say, one one rotten apple will spoil the bunch. That's what's been happening here lately. It's been a bunch of rotten apples spoiling the bunch of apples that maybe would have been good apples. Um, but we're seeing it more and more and more. And that's disheartening and it's heartbreaking. So to the young lady in the University of Kentucky who had the mindset to withhold her anger and frustration, kudos to you, young lady. Kudos to your parents for raising you correctly. Kudos to you for knowing that it's not always an eye for an eye or violence against violence. Sometimes you have to take the higher road. Even though it's hard and even though it's 
um, heartbreaking and disheartening, we always have to take the higher road. And I hope there comes a day when everybody is treated equally and we don't have to necessarily take the higher road that we can say, hey, you hit me first, I'm going to hit your ass back. Now, if I beat your ass up because you hit me first, that's your fault. You should have kept your hands to yourself. But I don't know if I'm ever going to see in my lifetime uh, uh, a America where everyone is treated equally and only char- and only judge by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. I don't know if I'm ever going to see that type of America in my lifetime. I pray for the future generations of minorities that we get to that lifetime, that we get to a place where everyone is treated equal and it doesn't matter what color your skin is. I hope eventually we get to that place. But until then, you guys have a wonderful day. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Luana's Urban Voices. I encourage you to please tell a friend to listen in and to subscribe and get my notifications. Um, I really appreciate the listeners. I really appreciate you guys tuning in when I do a a podcast. So I'm asking that you guys continue to do that. And you guys have a wonderful day. Happy Monday.